For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. To Coast and Border to Border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and of course, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, iHeartRadio as well. Our brand-new free Droid app, free iPhone app, are available in the App Store. We'll go to J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R.us. Selected editions will be on iHeartRadio. Check out I-C-R-N, and of course, the Roar Network. Also on Spreaker as well. And check out amfm247.com. This is an amazing new marketing partner with us today here at Transmedia Worldwide. Let's tell you a bit about this. Most people know about him. Few know him. Jesus Passport International Bible Study offers a free study guide at jesuspassport.com to develop an intimate relationship with the man known to the world as Jesus Christ. People are creating teams with family, friends, and social networks worldwide with the mission to discover Jesus Christ personally and spread the word about the second coming throughout the whole world. Hebrews 11.6 says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Your donation supports this Jesus Passport global outreach. Go to GoFundMe.com slash Jesus Passport to donate today and get your rewards. Check out GoFundMe.com slash Jesus Passport. We'll spell it for you. G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash J-E-S-U-S-P-A-S-S-P-O-R-T. And tell them you heard about it here on our radio broadcast. Hour number one here on our big program. Josh Bernstein is going to be joining us here in a few moments. We left a voicemail with him. He'll call us right back 22 minutes after the hour. Thanks for joining us here on our world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio program. Coast to coast to border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, on Radio Loyalty. Oh, Hillary ain't doing too well. She uh, she's getting a lot of blowback from these blokes over there at the uh, the Democratic National Committee. Actually, she's not getting any blowback. The voters who want Bernie <laughs> are giving her a lot of blowback, and uh, I couldn't be happier. I had a conversation with someone earlier today where they discussed with me, um, well, "Where do you lean politically?" Was the uh, was the uh, uh, the whole thing, and uh, I explained to them that uh, I I pretty much side with both. <laughs> I would be happy with a Trump presidency, or I'd be happy with a Bernie presidency. It doesn't really matter to me. I don't want Hillary because she's bought and paid for, and she's a scumbag. Uh, <laughs> I don't like Hillary at all. Um, Ted Cruz, I thought, looked like a combination of Batboy from the Weekly World News and uh, Eddie Munster's older brother. I didn't like Ted Cruz. So, that's where we are. 23 minutes after the hour, thanks for joining it. 24 minutes after the hour, correction, here on our big program. And uh, Pam Oaks coming up in uh, another segment. 
I'll be at the Comic-Con this weekend. Um, I can't seem to, uh, I can't seem to type and talk at the same time on the air. I've noticed that over the last couple years. Uh, Morley Schaefer. Safer? Morley Safer? I think that's who it was. Morley Safer has passed away. Um, he just retired on Sunday. Holy smokes. When these guys, when these guys go, they go. Um, Andy Rooney, didn't he retire and then die the following week? Man, when they say they're dead, when they, when they, when they hang the, when they hang the career up, they're done. Morley Safer, the CBS newsman who changed war, war reporting forever when he showed the GIs burning the huts of the Vietnamese villages, went on to become the iconic 60 Minutes correspondent, whose style of stories in America's most watched news program made him one of television's most enduring stars, died today in Manhattan. He was 84. He had homes in Manhattan and Chester, Connecticut. Safer was in declining health when he announced his retirement last week. CBS News broadcast a long-planned special hour to honor the occasion on Sunday, May 15th, that he watched in his home. A huge presence on 60 Minutes for 46 years. Safer enjoyed the longest run anywhere ever had on primetime network television. Though he kept back a decade ago, he still appeared regularly until recently. Captivating audiences of his signature stories on art, science, culture. A dashing figure in his checkered shirt. Polka dot tie. And pocket square. Morley Safer. Even his name had Punche. Was in his uh, true element playing pool with Jackie Gleason. Delivering one of his elegant essays aboard the Orient Express. Or riffing on Anna Wintour. He has asked tough questions and did the big stories in 2011. Over 18.5 million people watched him ask Ruth Madoff how she could not have known her husband Bernard was running a billion-dollar Bonzi's game. The interview was headline news and water cooler talk for days. In some of his later 60 Minutes pieces, Safer profiled cartoonists of the New Yorker, interviewed the founder and staff of Wikipedia, and reported on a billion-dollar art trove discovered in Munich apartment. His last broadcast story on March 13th, he profiled the visionary architect, Minjeruk Egels. I think that's how you pronounce the guy's name. I'm not a news guy. I'm a talk show host. Morley was one of the most important journalists in any medium ever, said CBS chairman and CEO Leslie Moonbez. He broke Grant of War reporting and made a name that will forever be synonymous with 60 Minutes. He was also a gentleman and a scholar and a great raconteur. All of those things, much more to the generations of colleagues and his legion of fans and his family, to whom all of us at CBS offer our sincerest condolences over the loss of one of CBS and journalism's greatest treasures. This comes from CBSNews.com. It's too bad. Morley Safer passing away today. That's big news. Um, some other big news is the fact that Hillary is uh, down in the polls. According, uh, yeah, I think it's funny that everybody's like, "Wow, Bernie's out. Bernie's out. If Bernie's out. You better tell all those people in Los Angeles had that big had that big rally yesterday. He's out. Did you see that? Good Lord." I don't think Bernie's dead yet. Bernie Sanders ain't dead yet, kids. 
Um, Rasmussen reports. Donald Trump has grown his lead over Hillary Clinton in the Rasmussen reports. First weekly White House watch survey. Trump earns 42% support to Clinton's 37%. When likely U.S. voters are asked when they would vote for if the presidential election were held right now, today... But Rasmussen reports latest national television survey finds that 13% prefer some of the other candidates. Um, Bernie? Uh, Bernie? <laughs> well, 7% are undecided. At the beginning of this month, Trump, the presumptive Republican nominee, posted a statistically insignificant 41% to 39% lead over Clinton, who is still expected to win the Democratic presidential nomination. 15% favored someone else, and 5%, 5% were undecided. 5% were undecided. 5% people went, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they actually did that. I don't know if they actually went, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Rasmussen reports will update the Clinton-Trump White House watch matchup numbers every Thursday morning from now until Election Day in November. You know, it would be funny is if uh, Bernie somehow pulled this out or um, Clinton got indicted or uh, Worst First uh, rode in or uh, Pocahontas uh, jumped in the fray. Uh, because how would you update Clinton-Trump numbers if there's no Clinton running? I guess, obviously, they would change the numbers of who was running, but that's fine. The latest findings were gathered the night before and night after Trump's announcement yesterday of 11 conservative judges. He would consider for the current vacancy of the U.S. Supreme Court, furthering his efforts to unify the party and in the hashtag Never Trump movement. Among some Republicans, Clinton on Tuesday eked out a primary win in Kentucky but lost the Oregon primary to Bernie Sanders. As the race for the Democratic presidential nomination took a more chaotic turn. <laughs> she's, 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 uh, everybody, the brother is like, ah, Clinton, 37%, Trump, 42. But yet she lost a primary. Clinton says there's no way I won't be the nominee, according to thehill.com. There's no way I won't be the nominee because the New World Order's already said that I'm going to be. I had that big meeting with the Rothschilds, and they said that I'm going to get the nomination. <laughs> Hillary Clinton thinks the race for the Democratic nomination is all but over, telling CNN Thursday, no way she won't be the party's presidential nominee. Because by God, she <laughs> by God, she lost to the she lost to that young guy the last time. She's not losing to an old guy this time. <laughs> I will be the nominee for my party. Chris, it's already done in effect. There is no way I won't be. Former first lady told CNN's Chris Cuomo. Clinton called her delicate lead over rival Bernie Sanders insurmountable. Said she expects him to unite behind her and rally his supporters to take on Donald Trump once she clutches the nomination. I got news for you. It's probably not going to happen. Because <laughs> as we've talked about on this very program several, several weeks ago, there's been phone calls. There's been phone calls from the uh, Bernie Sanders camp to Donald Trump saying, hey, if Hillary Clinton screws us out of this nomination, we're going to get our supporters to vote for you. When I came out and withdrew and endorsed Senator Obama, about 40% of my supporters said they would never support him, so I worked really hard to make the case, as I'm sure Senator Sanders will. <laughs> what, what interviews have you heard him say this? 
Whatever the differences we may have, they pale in comparison to the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party. Uh, what? <sighs> okay, whatever. She made the comments at increasing fury between Sanders supporters and the Democratic Party that have sparked fears among Washington Democrats that whether the party will come together around Clinton. I got news for you, they won't. I got news for you. Young people will stay at home. Or they will, or they will do exactly what I think they will do, and that is they will go register as Republicans and vote for Trump. That's what's gonna happen, kids. When I came out and withdrew any endorsed, withdrew, endorsed Senator Obama, about forty percent of my supporters said they would never support it. So I worked hard. They said they would never support him. So I worked really hard to make the case. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> that's why That's why you're the one that brought up all the birther talk and said you didn't know President Obama was born in this country. Thank you for that, Hillary Clinton. Because then for like, what was it? Four years, I had to read all these stories on... on on TV and radio and stuff about, oh, I don't know if he's a support your citizen, bro. Uh, tensions erupted at the Nevada State Democratic Convention over the weekend as supporters of Sanders shouted Clinton supporter Senator Barbara Boxer off stage. Well, you should. I don't like Barbara Boxer. <laughs> She's a mafia type. The Sanders backers were angry that petitions they'd presented for rules changes to the convention was not considered. The chairwoman of the Nevada Democratic Party received death threats and obscene messages on her voicemail from people angered by what had happened. <laughs> I always like these obscene messages. What were the obscene messages? If somebody call up and say, you mother. But uh, <laughs> with that, we're going to go to the modes. I believe this is Josh Bernstein on the line. How are you, sir? I am doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good, actually. We're just—I uh, was just sitting here talking about this story from the Hill dot com that um, uh, good old Hillary says that, uh, uh, and I love this quote: "When I came out and withdrew and endorsed Senator Obama, about forty percent of my supporters said they would never support him. So I worked really hard to make the case. I'm sure Bernie Sanders will do the same." <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a fan of Hillary. I, I don't understand why I, I understand why she's still there because you've got you got everybody from the Rothschilds to the to the Koch brothers to George Soros, everybody and their brother want Hillary Clinton as their nominee. Um because it's going to be business as usual, and she and and they all know that if Bernie gets in there, they're not going to. He's he's not going to play ball like Hillary will play ball. Um, what 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 do you make of the fact that uh, Hillary uh, keeps telling everybody, "Oh, there's no way that I won't be the nominee." She's losing primaries like nobody's business. She lost one the other night. Right. <laughs> it's it's, it's, uh, it's the Sanders campaign. Can get the super delegates to get nervous and start peeling off from the super delegates. Then the best case scenario would be a contested convention. You know, I, I find it amusing that the Republican pundits out there that you know couldn't uh, couldn't predict a rainstorm in the Amazon, as far as I'm concerned, um, got it all wrong. You know, Trump will never hit 1237. Meanwhile, he's going to pass 14 or 
hundred, maybe fifteen hundred. But anyway, they all said three months ago. I should I should say that I said three months ago in February. I have proof of it that you've got a better chance of seeing uh, Barack Obama reading the Constitution in Sunday church than seeing a Republican contested convention. Nobody <laughs> can. Everybody. Everybody is saying it's crazy, it's going to be a contested convention. No way it's going to hit 1237. The Republican pundits out there should have been paying attention to what's going on in the Democrat Party instead of what's going on in the Republican Party, because the Democrat Party, at least at this point, looks even more fractured. Now, I just saw a Rasmussen poll that showed Trump up five, but it showed, this is the scary part, it showed Trump only getting 76% of Republican support, but Hillary Clinton only got 72% of Democratic support. 13% of Democrats said that they would vote for Trump, and 9% of Republicans said that they would vote for Hillary or stay home. That is astronomical. Mitt Romney, when he finally came to the end in 2012, had 89% support of Republicans. Trump has got to get somewhere close to that number and then also hold... 13 to 18% of Democrats in order to win. We've got Josh Bernstein with us today. You see him each and every week on the Josh Bernstein Show. And uh, Josh, a- another another issue here is uh, the, the, the this whole polling that says that uh, that that Trump is is beating Clinton. Which uh, I- I'll tell you, it's if they nominate Hillary Clinton, you've said this on many occasions. If they nominate Hillary Clinton, it's over. And Donald Trump's probably just going to sweep this whole thing. Um, what what exactly is going to happen here the next couple weeks? Is there going to be? Is the FBI ever going to indict her, or is that just just trying to make all the conservatives and all the libertarians go, "Oh my God, there's hope." <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I've talked about this at length, and. For me, the fact that uh, Comey's being pressured by the Obama administration, and let's not forget Valerie Garrett, more than likely was the leak to the press about email gate. I can't guarantee that, but if I was a betting person, I would bet the farm, the cow, the wife, the horses, the carriage, and everything else that goes in it, that she was the leak. I know that the, I know Valerie Garrett and the Obama administration right now are taking precautions and making sure that they are kept at a distance what's going on with the FBI investigation. They're, they're obviously you know, keeping an eye on what's going on, but they're making sure that the administration is kept out of this and uh, making sure that they don't be brought down with this investigation. However, if this is an independent investigation, Comey is allowed to do his job the way he's supposed to do it. Uh, I believe it leads directly to the largest money laundering operation in U.S. history, which is the Clinton Foundation. Um, I interviewed F. Lee Bailey, and F. Lee Bailey said to me, point blank, Josh, they have to prove criminal intent. However, Andrew Napolitano from Fox News says criminal intent is not the number one justification whether or not there be an indictment. He said that gross negligence could also be used. So, I don't know. It's really just kind of up in the air. I get nervous that they're trying to get this uh, investigation under wraps and completed early, because to me that says that someone's been threatened, someone's been paid off to say, let's get this thing behind us so we can get the Democrat Party back together again and then go out and beat Donald Trump. 
that's what I worry about. So for me, if there is an indictment, I hope it happens, you know, five or six days before the November election. We've got the fabulous Josh Bernstein with us today. You see him each and every week on the Josh Bernstein Show. And uh, Josh has been all over Newsmax TV as well as uh, some of the other different uh, television networks. And uh, he's been talking about the current election. And I'm glad we've we've got a chance to chat with him today here on our big broadcast. And uh, moving in to to this election and seeing a lot of the... uh, a lot of the folks around the world are not real happy with uh, <laughs> with the possibility that Donald Trump might become president. Uh, Mexico has threatened war, which I think is just ludicrous. And uh, yeah. the, the, the Middle East has uh, got all sorts of problems with the Trumpster. Uh, what, what do you make of, of all these countries all of a sudden going, ah, oh, we're not going to be in the Trump business? Well, I think it's fear. I think it's fear that... Uh they can't control him. They can't pay him off. They can't send, you know, $25 billion to his foundation in order to pay off world leaders. So I think that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of fear involved with the uh, international world. And you know what? Fear, when our enemies fear us and even our allies respect us more and are a little nervous about us, we're in a better position. We're in a more stronger position position. I like the fact that all these countries right now are nervous about Donald Trump because they know that like Logan, they're not going to be able to push over like they did with Obama and with Carter. We've got the fabulous Josh Bernstein with us today. You see him each and every week on the Josh Bernstein Show, 42 minutes after the hour. And uh, as we wrap up here with you, Josh, what, what, what can we uh, expect to see on the television program this week? Well, a couple things. Uh, number one, um, I have actually called for something that nobody in the entire media has called for, and that is for Donald Trump to reach out to private landowners on the southern border and start building the fence now. Show that he's, all, that he's not all talk and no action. I believe it would unite the party almost immediately. It would show the people that he's serious about his commitments, and it can be done because when Michael Chertoff, uh, the former um, Department of Homeland Security Secretary under George W. Bush reached out to over 600 landowners in Texas on the southern border. Two-thirds of them said, you couldn't build the fence fast enough. They're being overrun with smugglers, with coyotes, with drug dealers, cartels, you name it. They would be right for it. And even if he just started it and even got a couple of miles, didn't even have to finish it, it's the symbolic nature of him doing it. That would be enough for him to completely wipe it out in November and be the next president. But also, I wanted to say that I'm a proud spokesman of AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. And for anybody that doesn't know who they are, they're the conservative alternative to groups out there like AARP. Please check us out at amac.us, www.amac.us, or call toll free 888 262. 2006-888-262-2006. Tell them that you heard Josh Bernstein, their national spokesman on the Jiggy Jaguar show, will even give you a free membership. That's right, a free membership, amac.us. Good stuff. I, I always appreciate your uh, commentary and everything, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. You got it, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Josh Bernstein with us today. Pam Oaks coming up. 
on our big program.